on this evening. We'll take your hymnal and go to page 97. Page 97. Let's stand together and we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 6. 1, 2, and 6. the service and the cantata tonight for God so loved the world aren't you thankful for that amen, amen. and so uh, we're going to open up the service in a word of prayer as well as have the offering a prayer but we want to uh, thank you for coming tonight and being here the choir's worked hard and uh, to bring us this tonight and so we're looking forward to it so you pray for them as they sing and try to be a blessing to us all right let's pray by the day how about you praying for the offering and open up the service please Amen.
Well, I certainly want to welcome you to the service tonight and thank God for you being here. Uh, our choir, under the direction of Miss Stephanie Clark, is going to uh, present to you at this time, For God So Loved the World. And I want you to enjoy it, and then after that's, after the choir is finished, Brother Lane will come. Amen. God bless you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Luke 1, 26 through 33. forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. 
And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of, the, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Luke 2, 1 through 7. where the Lord came down.
was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us Matthew 1 through 23 
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Luke 2, 8 through 12. a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Luke 2, 13 through 14.
right. Thank you, choir. Appreciate that very much. And um, it was a blessing. Take your Bibles, if you would, tonight, and go with me to Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. And uh, they just sang and quoted a lot of the scripture that we're going to read tonight. But I hope you'll take some time this Christmas to really dig into the Christmas story and just really try to reflect on what's there. You know, I think sometimes we just read over it and we read over it and we read over it this time of year and we really don't really dig into the depth and place ourselves in that, uh, that Bible passage and try to reflect on what was really going on. You know, I mean, these people had normal lives. I mean, there was a 400 period year of silence and most of this happened uh, the world was ignorant of what was going on but God had a plan and God was working and um, God revealed these messages through his angels and um, you know Zacharias and Elizabeth there uh, about um, John being born in, in their old age and um, of course the, the angel revealing uh, to Mary there, Gabriel, the, the angel revealing that she was going to have the Son of God. And, um, and then to Joseph. And, uh, you know, you think about these lives and these people's lives and what they were doing. They were doing normal th everyday things that everybody else was doing. And um, when you place yourself into that story and, and try to think about their lives and what they were doing, I mean, there's a lot that's going on. And, boy, it required a lot of faith in, in what they were being asked to do, and they had it, and we praise God for it. But we're going to begin reading in verse number one of Luke chapter number two, and I want to draw your attention to a couple of words in just a moment. But the Bible says in Luke two, beginning in verse number one, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. 
And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I want you to look in verse number 10, and if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I want you to mark one expression, then I'm going to bring your attention to another expression in just a moment. I've circled in my Bible, the Bible says in verse number 10, and the angel said unto them, fear not, fear not. And so uh, several times throughout the Christmas story, we find this expression, fear not, (laughs) don't be afraid. We find it here um, when uh, the angels made this glorious announcement to the shepherds and the Bible says in verse number nine that uh, they were so afraid and, and the angel tells them to fear not. We find in Matthew chapter number one when the Lord had an angel speak to Joseph uh, about what was going on when he found out that Mary was expecting a child before they came together. And in verse number 20 of Matthew chapter number one, the angel says to Joseph, behold, while he thought on these things, all that was taking place with Mary, what he should do and contemplating, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, Fear not. Again, in, uh, back in the book of Luke and um, in chapter number one, Zacharias has been summoned. He's doing his order in the temple, doing his duty and his work in the temple. And an angel appears to him. Gabriel appears to him. And um, in verse number 12 of Luke chapter number one, the Bible says, and when Zacharias saw him, He was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John. We read the passage in uh, Luke chapter number two, but in Luke chapter number one and verse number 30, this same angel that had made the announcement to Zacharias in the temple, um, the Bible tells us in chapter number one, beginning in verse number 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said... Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among 
women. And the Bible says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So really the message at Christmas and the message of Christmas and the message of Christ to all of us is fear not. In times of disruption, I mean, these people's lives were disrupted, no doubt about it. In times of difficulty, there were some difficult things they were dealing with. In times of dilemma, trying to make difficult choices. In times of new direction, God says through his angel, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. But what I want to get you to see is the contrast in chapter number two and really throughout this passage, throughout this Christmas story. And I hate to use the word story because we think of fables and non-truths. This is a, this really happened. This is not a, uh, just a story, but you understand what I'm saying. And so as we think about this Christmas truth and the, uh, the things surrounding Christmas, we, we see that the message is to fear not. But in the contrast to fearing not in our verse in Luke chapter number two, look, look with me again, would you, number, verse number 10. The Bible says, and the Lord, excuse me, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Would you mark that expression, great joy? In the midst of fearing not, we can find, listen, we can find great joy. And in these passages, hey, over in chapter number one, when this angel Gabriel reveals this message to Mary and tells her to fear not and gives her this message and says, you're going to be the one to bring the Messiah into the world. Can you imagine? Now, there's no word joy. There's no ter- term great joy in that passage of Scripture. But as you read that passage of Scripture, I think we can see a transition from fearing not really to great joy. I mean, Mary, I mean, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they were looking for Messiah. Uh, we know that God was silent for a period of 400 years, but they had portions of the Old Testament. They were uh, serving God in the temple. Rome was ruling the land, no doubt about that. There was deep oppression. They were ruling with an iron fist, no doubt. But they were looking for the Lord Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the King. And when she found out that she was going to be the one to bring forth the Son of God, I just can't even begin to imagine the jubilation and the joy that filled her heart that God is going to use me to bring forth the very Son of God. And she said in verse number 38, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. In this same passage, um, when the angel told Zacharias to fear not, look at it, you're, you're there, Luke chapter number one, verse number 13, the angel tells him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, 
And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Look at verse number 14. And thou shalt have, do you see it? Joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. The forerunner to the Messiah. Fear not, great joy, gladness, um, rejoicing. You see the contrast? In, in our passage in Matthew that we refer to about Joseph, when the angel tells Joseph to fear not, you, you can understand what Joseph is going through. You can understand the dilemma that he's in, the, the contemplation. I mean, Joseph, Joseph was a carpenter. Joseph fell in love with Mary. They were normal people um, that fell in love, that were about to start a family together. She had been betrothed to him, uh, espoused to him, engaged to him, if you will. They were pretty much married. They just hadn't consummated the marriage yet. He finds out that she's with child. And he is trying to figure out what to do. And the Bible says in verse number 19 of Matthew 1 that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He didn't want to make this a big deal, but there had to be a divorcement. Perhaps, perhaps some of the townspeople there in Nazareth thought this was his baby. I mean, they, they were conducting a relationship. I mean, they were a spouse, they were engaged, and all of a sudden, uh, Mary comes back to Nazareth after spending three months with Elizabeth that's expecting a baby, and and here she's, no doubt, probably getting to show a little bit. I don't know the time frame of when everybody found out. I like to think about it, you know. I don't know when Joseph found out. I mean, when Mary, did Mary tell him and, and then the angel revealed it to him? Did, she, did he just see her expecting and having, I don't know. I don't know all that. The Bible isn't clear about it. But amongst the fear that he had and what he was dealing with, God reveals to him through the angel and says, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. There's no doubt he was looking for the Messiah as well. He knew the prophecy of the virgin birth, no doubt. And the Bible says that the angel told him, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse number 24, the Bible says, then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Can you just imagine for me, just a moment, with me just a moment, the, the joy and the jubilation that Joseph had once he found out that this was from God. That Mary hadn't been unfaithful to him. This wasn't something that she had went off and done on her own. No, this was something God was working. This was something God was moving and, and orchestrating. I, I can just only imagine getting that news a, 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 a flow of peace overwhelming him and joy knowing that this was God's work, God's plan, and God was orchestrating all this to bring the Savior into the world. So great, great fear or fear 
is contrasted with this thought of great joy. And back to our text, the Bible says that the angel told the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. A weary world rejoiced at the arrival, at the coming of the long-awaited Messiah. There's no doubt about it. A Savior had been born. Listen, we have much to rejoice about. I was thinking about Pastor Sermon this morning that he preached and the passage that he preached. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yeah, in the, the Messiah, you've heard the, the song right out of the scripture. Listen, the world no doubt is still wearied. There's no doubt, uh, perhaps you and I even feel weariness at times in the world in which we live. We o- we're overwhelmed with stressful lives and jobs and things and stuff. The headlines trouble us and the future at times appears to be frightening. But here's what I want you to see this evening. I want you to understand that joy comes when we least expect it. Joy comes when wars are raging. Joy comes when headlines are screaming. Joy comes when finances are low, when pressure is great, and when circumstances are bleak. Joy came when the Romans were occupying their land and Caesar wanted his taxes. Joy came. And that's just the time when God breaks through with good tidings of great joy. Let me just give you three simple things tonight. And then we're going to eat some cookies, amen? Three simple things. You think about this matter of great joy contrasted with fear not. Great joy. I want you to see the whom of great joy. The whom. W-H-O-M. The Bible says in verse number 10 of our text, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Do you see it? Which shall be to all people. To whom is the great joy? It's to all people. For God so loved the world, the world, the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. To whom was this great joy referring to? It's referring to all people. It's referring to the world. It's referring to whosoever that believeth in him. Second Peter chapter number three, if you've got your Bible, why don't you flip over there real quick. Second Peter chapter number three. 
back a, a few books there. Second Peter chapter number three. Let's just begin reading in verse number three. God, through the apostle Peter, says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being over flooded with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. God destroyed this world one time by water. He'll never do that again. He promised that. That's, the, that's why the rainbow's in the sky. Every time you see a rainbow, it's a reminder that God said, I will never destroy the earth again by flood, by water. He will destroy it by fire, though. And he says, but beloved, verse number eight, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look at verse number 10. But the day the Lord will come, as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we... According to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account, look, look, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is what? Salvation. He's not willing that any should perish. The long suffering of our Lord is salvation. To whom is the great joy? It's to all people. It's to everybody, everywhere, to all nations, to all the world. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The whom, the whom. The why of great joy. Well, in verse number 11, the Bible tells us, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
The angel said to Matthew in verse number 21 of the very first chapter, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The why is salvation. The why is because there's a savior. There's a way of salvation. We no longer have to die in our sins and spend our lives, the rest of our lives in a crisis eternity in a place called hell. God says in his word, we've quoted it. It's the title of our cantata tonight. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him, here it is, should not perish. That's why. That's why he gave his son. So that I don't have to perish. So that I don't have to die and go to hell and pay for my own sin. So that you don't have to die and go to hell and pay for your own sin. That's the why of the great joy. Salvation has been given to us and provided. God has declared his love. We just read that in John 3, 16. He has demonstrated his love. He declared it by saying, I love you. Listen, for God so loved the world. He demonstrated it by giving his only begotten son. And he's brought deliverance to you and me through the love that he has declared and that he has demonstrated. The why. To whom is, is everybody. The why is to provide a savior. Listen, friend, tonight, if you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus, God loves you. For God so loved the world, that's you, that's me. Red and yellow, black and white, they're all, doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, how tall or short, how old or young, from what walk of life, what status, doesn't matter. God loves you. You must realize that God loves you. You must realize that you're a sinner. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We must realize that sin must be paid for. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. It's physical death. That's why um, if the Lord doesn't return, we're all going to die one day physically. But there's also a spiritual death. Adam and Eve didn't die spiritually or physically in the, in, the, um, in the book of Genesis there when they sinned. No, but they died spiritually. They were separated from God. And an innocent lamb had to be killed. I believe it was a lamb. And his blood had to be shed. And they, there was coats of skin that covered them. They tried to sew, sew fig leaves together and cover themselves up. That's a man-made religion. Man-made religion won't get you to heaven. Only the Lord Jesus. You must realize that sin must be paid for. And either you pay for it for the wage of sin is death or you allow God through the Lord Jesus to pay for it. And he's paid for it. You just have to receive it. Realize that sin must be paid for. Your sin and my sin. Realize that Christ paid for your sins but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Realize that you must personally pray and receive Christ by faith as your Savior. You're not going to heaven because your grandma's saved. You're not going to heaven because your mom's saved. Mom, you're not going to heaven because your daughter's saved. 
Or your son saved? Or your grandson saved? No, God has no grandchildren. Pastor said it many times. You must personally pray and receive Christ by faith as your Savior. Let me speak to those that are lost for just a moment. Those that are listening to me that have never placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Maybe you're listening on the radio. Maybe you're here in this auditorium. What are you going to do about your soul? What are you going to do about eternity? Don't keep putting it off. Tomorrow may not come. The Bible tells us that our life's the vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. How many people have said, I'll get saved tomorrow. I'll get saved next week. I'll get saved when I'm older. And older never comes. Tomorrow never comes. Next week never comes. That's no respecter of persons. Read the obituaries. There's young and old alike. What are you going to do about your soul? What will you do about the rest of your life? I'm asking you, would you give your heart to Jesus this evening? Would you put your faith and trust in him? When you have the invitation, we'd be happy to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. You can put your faith and trust in Christ. So we see the why. The why is to provide salvation. The why is to take care of the sin, sin that we have. And Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. The whom is to everybody. The world. The way is the Lord Jesus. I like in our passage of scripture, they give very specific instructions. I don't know who said it. I think it was either Tony or Dale in Sunday school the, the, a couple of mornings ago. Directions to the Son of God. I don't know who said that. It was one of you guys, I think. I wrote in my Bible. The angel says to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This should be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Very specific instructions, very specific directions to the way to Jesus. In Matthew chapter number two, if you were to read the passive scripture there about the wise men, and that's intriguing, the, the story of the wise men. And you know, we always think of just three wise men because we see three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But in reality, there was probably a caravan of uh, the wise men and their family that came. I, I think I read somewhere this week, approximately 900 miles they traveled to get to the Lord. Astrologers, these guys are looking at, the, studying the stars and all these things and they line up the scripture. They had lined up the scripture, the star, his star, by the way. In Matthew chapter number two there, they referenced his star and several times the star, the star, the star in that passage of scripture. And it directed them, it gave them direction right to the son of God, that child, that young child that had been born. I don't know that they went to Bethlehem. I know that Herod told them to go to Bethlehem because that was what the, the prophets had prophesied. But you think about it for just a moment. Um, this is after the Lord Jesus had been born. I mean, did, did Mary and Joseph stay in Bethlehem? That wasn't their home. No, they were from Nazareth. Perhaps they went back to Nazareth. I don't know. For sure. 
But perhaps the, the star led them to Nazareth. Wherever uh, they were directed, listen, God directed them to the Savior. And that star led the way to where Jesus was. And I don't know that they were really coming to put their faith and trust in him. These people were from foreign, I don't know, maybe they did. The Bible doesn't tell us. They came to worship him. They did bring <coughs> gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Perhaps there's a whole caravan of them. Perhaps they didn't know one another. I don't know. Maybe they were from different parts of the east. I don't know. But I know that the Lord showed them the way. Jesus said in John chapter number 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way to great joy is Jesus. And God's directed us. God's given us a very plain, clear path to the way of heaven. It's the Lord Jesus. Great joy in the midst of troublesome times and fear. To whom? It's to everybody. The, 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 the why? Because God loves us. Because God wanted to provide salvation so that we could spend eternity with him. The way is the Lord Jesus. He's the way to get there. Have you put your faith and trust in him? Tonight, every head bowed and every eye closed. The choir is going to sing in just a moment um, a closing song. Uh, as an invitation, but I'm going to ask you if you would please to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I just want to talk to you for just, just a minute tonight and ask you once again, what are you going to do about your soul? What are you going to do about the rest of your life? If you don't know the Lord Jesus, would you give your life to Jesus tonight? The choir sang about it. Listen, God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son so that you could believe in him and not perish but have everlasting life. That never ends. It's forever. It's eternal. Once you get it, you got it. You don't lose it. It's eternal. It's everlasting. God loves you. Do you know that you're a sinner? Do you realize there's a payment for your sin? It's death and hell. Do you realize that Jesus paid that payment for you on the cross? He died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day, victorious over death and on the grave. Jesus paid for it. And all you have to do is accept it, believe it, take the gift, receive the gift, open the present that God has given to you. Would you do that tonight? Listen, we're going to pray. And then we're going to let the choir sing. So maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Brother Lane, I want you to pray for me. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not 100% certain if I died, did he go to heaven, but I'm concerned about it. Would you please pray for me? Nobody's watching, nobody's looking around. Maybe just slip your hand up and say, Brother Lane, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm saved. Anybody like that this, this evening would raise your hand and just say, Preacher, pray for me. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the, the glad tidings, the great joy that we can have because of the Lord Jesus. And God, I pray that tonight, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that you would help them to swallow their pride, to put their faith and trust in you, and you alone for salvation. Move and work as only you can. Help us as believers, Father, to, to do our part to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Burden our hearts for the lost. 
Help us to be soul conscious of those around us that need the Lord Jesus, to carry gospel tracts, to be on um, alert for those around us that need the gospel. Use us as an instrument in your hands, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The choir is going to sing. I'm going to be down front. Pastor will be up here. Uh, If you need to come, you come as the choir sings. What about it, dear friend? Do you personally know the Lord Jesus? Not just about Him, but has He given you of your sins? He's done everything He can possibly do to secure your salvation. Now the decision is up to you. All He says is, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You come, he'll take care of the burden, the guilt, the sin. done everything he can to secure your salvation. He paid your sin debt. Won't you respond and come to him tonight? Tugging and the Savior's calling, come.
I hope that you will take what's been given tonight by song and by scripture, by preaching, and make it personal. Nothing will ever amount to it and of it until you make it personal and apply it to yourself. Thank you, Brother Lane. Thank you, choir. Let's give the choir a hand, if you will. Amen. Thank you, Miss Stephanie. Thank you, choir. God bless you tonight. Amen. Now we're going to, if you're able or desire to stay, we're going to go downstairs in just a few moments, and we're going to have a, a cookie fellowship. And uh, some of the ladies, and I'm assuming some of the men, have prepared their favorite cookies. So I guess you get to try them all. Amen. And uh, I think there's maybe a little milk, maybe some coffee down there for you. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, stay and enjoy the fellowship. That's the main thing is enjoy the fellowship. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for the wonderful evening as the birth of Christ is so well presented. I pray that, Lord, you will bless each song that was sung. Lord, may you minister through them to us. And Lord, through the preaching of thy word, may it, Lord, find lodging in every heart. And Lord, those that are wrestling with eternity, may tonight be the night that they say yes to Jesus and come to him and receive him as a personal savior. We'll love you. We'll thank you. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the food downstairs. Pray your blessings upon each one tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John.